to another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone 2021 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. I'm a little bit distracted because you said you were going to borrow a friend's, what are they called, Theragun? Yeah. A little massage gun. gun. And I had a very strong counter opinion of I would absolutely never. I mean, if it feels like you're taking it as like it's just used in very inappropriate places. If I had one, it would be used in very inappropriate places. Like where? You know where. Why? Maybe you don't know where, and that's part of the problem. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I get in terms of that, but, like, that thing's moving very, like, that would cause some damage. Like, it's supposed to get, like, so that deep tissue muscle. we're talking about gun that uh-huh. has, like, a little ball on the end of it. And a handle. It's got, like, uh-huh. yeah, it's got different... And things you can put on the end, like a two okay, prong so that you can like run this. along your spine, a ball. If you put that ball in the palm of your hand and then extend it two fingers out, <laughs> watch what happens to those two fingers. I mean, that's yeah. all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, but guess what? The fingers aren't touching the ball. Buddy, <laughs> and I really don't. I don't want to go into too much detail, yeah, but there are fluids that move <laughs> oh around. My gosh, you're. I mean, you're completely correct. <laughs> I just would like to think that's not how that is being used. I like to think that it is. If you're paying a hundred bucks for these things, what are they? One like a Theragun, yeah. I'm using it for every. Purpose. I just want it for my back and my calves and my thighs. To which I understand that. Yeah, I'm not using someone else's. <laughs> I felt like it was a it was an okay thing. Maybe to do. this is my dirty mind being like. I really think it is. <laughs> I've seen this thing. I know where I would go with this, <laughs> and that's exactly what I was Man, getting. You at. really were just like, "Are you seriously gonna borrow? This is disgusting." It's like I just. I would never use someone else's. <laughs> I would keep that thing like under my bed so no one else would find it. <laughs> right. This I know what this is used for. Like yeah, maybe sore muscles as well. Yeah. You're n- <laughs> this is my toy. Uh-huh. This exactly. is not a massage gun. This is a toy. It's in a locked box <laughs> slid under my bed. So no one else finds it. It's just for me and oh man. Other specific people. That's it. So I I could never use someone else's. And you were even like, "Well, it doesn't touch your skin directly." Mine would. <laughs> Mine would. <laughs> even if you're just like using it like, "Oh, you work out all the time." You're like, "Oh, Leg day. I was doing some squats. Ass hurts. Guess what? It's not going over the shorts. Oh, it'd have to be. That hurt your skin if it's stuck I don't to think it. So. Ugh. Nope. Maybe you and I are just living two different worlds when it comes re- to Theragun. It, but it really seems like it. <laughs> but we have a you lot. got me worried. I ain't sharing nothing I'm with just, your ass. <laughs> no, you really you shouldn't. If it touches my skin, I'm not sharing it with anyone. <laughs> like if it touches your skin, I'm not sharing it with anyone. Yeah. Like I wouldn't even wear like your shoes. Yeah. Even with socks, I'm not doing it. That's disgusting. If it has anything to do with your bodily fluid ever, it's not touching me. So like you don't share drinks, you don't taste other people's food, none of that. Depends on the person. I have to really trust your hygiene. Yep. And um it depends on the the drink as well. Yeah. Usually like an alcoholic drink. I'm probably not taking a drink out of your beer bottle, but I'll do like a draft. Yeah. It's out of a glass. I feel like that. I don't know why. Because your lips safer. can touch a different part of the glass. Yeah. Yeah. Or like sometimes even though like with straws I'm fine with. I feel like a straw, like you're only touching the lips. I don't you know. You might as well kiss. No, is that what you're looking for? No. Oh, okay. Man, how you going to flip that on me so quickly? I was I'm, speechless. I was like, that, no. I'm a really weird germaphobe that I, I put a lot of thought into it. But if I am, like, sharing <laughs> drinks with people, I just have to trust your hygiene. Yeah. Most people, if I'm friends with you, I trust your hygiene. But there are certain people where I just, I will not share a drink with. Or food. Uh, I, you've eaten a lot of meals with me. I don't like to share food. Mm-mm. I don't like to get something off somebody else's plate even. If they're like, oh, my God, I didn't get the steak. Try this bite. Like, I'll cut you off a piece. 
No, you will not, because your fork has been in your mouth. Now you're poking that item with your fork and trying to hand it to me, and I'm like, no, I'm good. See, I realize that, so I'm saying, give me your fork, I'm going to cut it. <laughs> so the fork only touches the part you're going to eat, and this fork's been in your mouth. Yeah. That's how I do that. Because if I do have something good and I want other people to try it, which usually doesn't happen because I'm a pretty basic eater. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's what I do. Close I'm respect. also just not the, like, sheer food kind of guy. Tell me to order it next time. Yeah, but I also realize I'm probably not going to order it next time because I don't know if I'm going to like it. you're going with the chicken tenders exactly. every time. No, not chicken tenders. <laughs> Does double dipping bother you? Um, If I'm sharing with a bunch of people, yeah. Because, yeah. like, if I go to double dip, I'm like, well, I'm going to – I'm not going to. Or, like, I'm going to make sure, like – the part that I just took a bite of, I'm going to cut that off. So the yeah. part that if I do double dip in has or not if it's been like, in my mouth. Yeah, if it's chips, you know, you're dipping yeah. part of it and then uh, to go on the back end. Yep. If there's more than like four people, absolutely not. Yeah. It's but just too it's, much going on. If it's a small group, you're fine. If you're starting to get into like a Three big and plate, under. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what what are we doing here? This yep. is not good. This is a super spreader event <laughs> of whatever you have. Yeah. And there are just so many people that I don't trust. Oh, yeah. I mean, some people are just real nasty. I know. What yeah. a weird way to start our podcast. It is usually Six minutes about, into it. <laughs> about sports for the most part. But, you know, the Theragun, it, it bleeds over into you know, I bet You know who I bet uses a Theragun? Jorge Soler. Probably. I uh, need to after last night uh, with that huge dinger that he hit in game one of the World Series. It's nice to see. Honestly, like I kind of forgot that he was a Brave. I did too. Former Royal traded yeah. to them. Was happy that he went to the Braves. Like, okay, this is cool. Uh, the leadoff hitter, which is just always going to be weird for me when you don't have a little small, fast guy as your leadoff yeah. hitter. But I mean, analytics that makes sense and hits a home run, leadoff home run. The Braves go on to take this game six to two. They are now the World Series uh, betting favorite uh, to win the the World Series. Which no duh, they won the first game. They're up one zero. Yeah. So you would think that that line would change quite a bit. I think a lot of Braves fans and betters are probably pretty happy uh, with what happened last night. If you got in early, they were the underdog, and uh, we talked about it yesterday. You and I both rooting for the Braves in this one. But Jorge Salar, a great performance. Uh, I was really impressed by Ozzy Albius, too. Uh, his ability to beat out multiple. Like, infield signals. Yeah, he's fast. Like, what the hell? Like, even I, I think it was one hit up the middle to Altuve. And I was like, well, that looks like a, you know, routine grounder. He's going to get thrown out. And he didn't. He beat out the throw. Uh, that was exciting to watch. But I also, watching the Braves games last night, I just kept thinking, like, my God, how good would they be if they had Ronald Acuna Jr.? Yeah. If he wouldn't have torn his ACL and he were still on this team – uh, I just I miss watching him play. He was such an exciting player. Tore his ACL earlier in the season. The Braves rebuilt their their entire outfield, and they've been just lights out. Obviously, we talked about Jorge Salar. Uh, he's our player of the day. Brought to you by Miners on Monroe on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yes, sir. But it is it's cool to see you know a guy from your former team doing what he did last night in the World Series. Yeah, and it's in the way that he did it to lead off. I mean, we even saw when he was hitting like when he was doing batting practice. They're like, man, this is so loud him just hitting this ball and he hit it off like one of those metal signs in the outfield and then our guy adam heisler quote tweets and he's like when i tell you guys that this is the most impressive batting practice i've ever seen from someone it is this dude like that i've seen in person Mm -hmm. and then you see that and then you open up the world series this way it's like damn dude yeah where was that at like six months ago in kansas city you couldn't freaking hit the nothing well it's it's a home run or strikeout those are the two results that you're getting with him and i guess it does kind of make sense for him to do a hit off because you're probably not getting a lot of off seats off seats off speed good jesus (laughs) off seeds seeds, yeah off speed pitches early in at bats if you're the leadoff because pitchers want to be able to find the zone to get things rolling well that's what he hits really well his fastballs are right inside the zone that's what i hit really well too yeah Fool me with anything else, and it's just like, what the hell was that? A baseball's not yeah. supposed to move that way. Do you know you can spike a slider in terms of volleyball? Played an alumni volleyball tournament. Means. Yeah, I was playing in a volleyball tournament last night. Alumni one from high school. This dude goes to spike it right at me. I'm in position to just hit it back. That thing just, I mean, legitimately just sliders right by me. And I was like, I ended up looking like I was scared. Like intentionally did it? I don't think he did. Okay, I was going to say, like, like, I, that's not. But it I'm was so impressive. Because like, that. That, that thing was coming right at me. And I was like, I got this. And then I just darted to the side. And I stuck my hand out. And it looked like I was scared of the ball. And everyone was like, what are you doing? I was like, 
You try hitting a damn slider. See that rotation? Yeah. That's, I'm that getting was, out of the way. Shit was crazy. Fucking Mariano Rivera over there. <laughs> yeah. No joke. <laughs> no, I would assume that he probably got lucky. I've never heard of that in volleyball. Yeah. I like was, missed it, hit it off to the side and still have plenty of speed put on some it, rotation though. on yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, what got us talking about the Theragun was you being sore from playing in a volleyball. I did not realize how much jumping there was involved. But <laughs> like like I get like it's like signing up for a track event and being like, God, I didn't know I was gonna have to run so much. Yeah, but I mean, like, in just in terms of like just being on defense, because like, I mean, you can block you're a tall. shot. Yeah, I could have told yeah, you that you're gonna be up front. There was one volley where it was just like, I mean, like six, seven times in a row where I'm just jumping trying to block, and me and a girl Shaylee, man, Shaylee had like three of them, and it was like, hell yeah, Shaylee, good shit. And then it was just like my calves and my legs are just hurting right now because it was just repeatedly. Yeah. It was impressive. So this was your first time playing volleyball? I mean, I played volleyball before, but like I've usually not had to like jump that much. Huh. I don't I don't know. It's whatever. I guess we should have talked about it before you went and played. You did all right though. <laughs> South Paul Killer. <laughs> yeah. Uh another guy that's probably feeling it today is Charlie Morton. Uh, absolutely fantastic performance by him. Breaks his leg, uh fractured fibula early on in the game and still stays in the game, records three outs including a strikeout of Jose Altuve with a broken leg. So, I mean, hats off to him. It sucks that your season's over, but at the same time, you're going to have that on your resume for the rest of your life. Yeah, legend. You're going to be the guy that broke his leg in the World Series and stayed in. Yeah. Like, and it could be, like, the just smallest of fractures. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. I mean, it probably got worse as it was up there. Like, I'm sure it was hurt, and then he just keeps going, mm-hmm. and then it got fractures. Like, well, you're out. We you don't know, care. Fifty years when this is a Jeopardy question, and they're like, "What? This pitcher broke his leg in the 2021 World Series." It will be like the worst break ever. It will be like the basketball player from Louisville. That's <laughs> how we will retell this story. It will be like the Kurt Schilling thing it was all over sticking again. out of his skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just broken, mangled, blood everywhere, and he still struck out Jose Altuve. I'm very happy with the Braves. It, it was fun to watch the World Series again. And then for them to just jump out to a big lead like that as well. Uh, the over-under on that one, I think, was like eight runs. So it it hits right at eight, which yeah. sucks. But I do think a lot of people were betting on the Astros. And now you get game one. I mean, the Braves did what they were supposed to, take a game in Houston. Yeah. And it'll get a game again tonight in Houston before they travel to Atlanta. Uh, but, you know, game two tonight going to be very exciting. But let's do get to uh, kind of our bread and butter here and merge into football. Yesterday, keeping with our Kansas City Royals theme, but moving into football, Royals outfielder Bubba Starling retired from baseball yesterday. And I am really keeping my eye on this. He is a guy who maybe could just say, I'm done playing professional sports. I'm done playing sports altogether. But for a lot of people, you probably remember Bubba Starling. He was a very, very highly recruited quarterback prospect, was supposed to go to Nebraska, but then was drafted by the Royals and decided to go that route. Never really panned out the way that he was supposed to or that we expected. But now uh, being a a kind of younger guy, I think he's like in his 30s, I would love to see him do the Brandon Whedon, I'm going back and I'm going to try out this football thing yeah even if it's for a year or two see what he can do he's clearly still in great shape he just competed in the olympics Mm -hmm. right i think he won a silver medal i i want to see it i've actually i wanted him to try it like three years ago from baseball and try college football but i i am very much keeping tabs on this seeing what's going on and i hope it happens well i mean i'm i'm sure nebraska's at a point too where he's like man let's just let's get some better headlines in here like, yeah, Bubba Starling, he missed opportunity. Now he gets to come in here and run this system with Frost. and Maybe it might be fun. Maybe it might be something spectacular. Maybe he is good at football. Yeah. Like, you're not having to worry about hitting off-speed pitches. You can just throw a freaking baseball or fastball. I know he's got an arm. I can't freaking talk today, man. That's a problem. It is. A podcast. It is. But, I mean, for him to be able to zoom it down the middle of the field or, you know, some of those outside throws, that would be cool to see if he still has it. And he's athletic. He has speed. He was a dual threat quarterback mm-hmm. coming out of uh, Kansas. Was committed to Nebraska, like I said, and then did eventually get get drafted and played for the Royals. He was supposed to be like the dude that like brought the Royals back. Yeah, and he like even during that run, he was never part of it. 
It was never very good. He was a four-star recruit, uh, number six dual-threat quarterback in the nation, and committed to Nebraska in 2011. It's been 10 years since he committed there. And I like who knows if he would even go back to Nebraska and say, all right, that's where I, I still want to go. But, I mean, he was. He was such a good athlete. Six foot five. He's probably about two twenty, two twenty five right now. Yeah. So I mean, a good sized player. I would, I would love to see it, but uh, also I could understand him saying, you know what? No, I'm, I'm actually, I'm done here. I'm going to go pursue something else uh, for a career. I mean, what would that be like? And I don't expect you to know that answer, but I mean, if you get an opportunity to go play football in Nebraska and be a starting quarterback, that'd be cool. Yeah, you're 10 years too late. Yeah. But. Or he might want to just get into the coaching or managing side of baseball or, you know, maybe yeah. he's done with football and didn't didn't want to pursue that. I know so many so many guys or, or even kids over the last couple of years that were so good at football and they would have, like, coaches coming in and talking to them all the time and they would just say, like, I don't want to play college sports. I'm done. I, I don't want to do it anymore. And, you know, maybe that's Bubba Starling too where he's just looking at it and he's going to retire He's done with sports. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I knew a guy who was playing at Pitt State uh, when I was going through there, and he had another year of eligibility, and he just decided, like, I don't want to do it. Like, it's cool, but I'm done for. I'm tired of the workouts. I'm tired of <laughs> watching what I'm eating. I just want to go be lazy like everyone else. <laughs> and he did. And then a couple of years ago, he got back in ridiculously good shape. So I, that's nice. <laughs> him. Uh, can't couldn't be me but i i wonder what is going to happen with bubba starling and i think the fact that he was such a highly recruited quarterback i think a lot of other people too i know our guy rob forrest was tweeting about it as well are keeping tabs on like what's the next step yeah and maybe he takes a couple days figures it out or you know months even he's got a long time until football season rolls back around but it will be interesting to see what does happen with him uh, but also in the nfl world did want to hand out some of our player awards for offensive, defensive, and rookie of the week. Me, I'm going with one of my fantasy football guys. Uh, we were traveling this week, so it was kind of hard to keep tabs of every game and what was going on. But one guy specifically that just really went off for me was Alvin Kamara. And the crazy thing about a guy like him is watching him in fantasy. It's like, okay, how many yards does he have? How many points does he have? And for him, he wasn't showing up in, like, the, the rushing yards. I think he finished with, like, 51 rushing yards. Yeah. So I'm like, why the hell is this guy getting me so many damn points this week? And it's because he's so dangerous in the passing game. He had 10 catches for 128 yards and one touchdown on top of what he did as a rusher. And, I mean, that's just – it's a new era of running back that I'm not necessarily used to seeing. But uh, my offensive player of the week I am going to give to Alvin Kamara – uh, definitely helped the Saints win over the Seahawks. Again, with his 10 catches, 128 yards receiving, and one touchdown to go with it. He balled out this weekend. Yeah, and for me, I took Joe Burrow, the quarterback in Cincinnati. I mean, the Bengals picked up a massive win against the Baltimore Ravens, winning 41-17. to Dude goes 23 for 38, over 400 yards and three tutties. This guy's just balling out this year. And you yeah. love to see it in the Bengals. that picked up a true win against Baltimore. There's no question that they deserve to win this game and that they single-handedly did. And, I mean, the guy that you got to give credit to here with is Jamar Chase. I mean, the dude just absolutely did his thing with the eight receptions of 200 yards. Like Again, that's half of what Burrow just threw for. Yep. But, like, that duo is going to be dangerous moving forward for the Bengals. Yeah. And that's who I named my rookie of the week. And I know that he even got, like, some player of the week nods too. But Jamar Chase coming out and just balling out this weekend, uh, like you said, over 200 yards, a touchdown. He's looked very good. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of people, myself included, started questioning Jamar Chase when he was drafted by the Bengals. Mm -hmm. A lot of people said they should have went with Penny Sewell. And I will, I'll stand by that one. But this is a situation, and even back when, you know, with the draft, my opinion was, like, there's no wrong answer here. Like, Jamar Chase is a very good receiver, but you could have had, like, a win-win. Yeah. Penny Sewell could have been very good on the offensive line, and you could have grabbed a receiver later if you needed to. But he is he's doing an exceptional job. People didn't want him drafted by the Bengals, and then people questioned him in the preseason, and he's been fantastic. Uh, we put it up for our poll of the day yesterday on Twitter of, like, which young receiver would you like to start your franchise with? And 
for what he's doing right now. I know it's it's very early, but he's so young, only 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I looked at his stats earlier, but I think he's already at like over 700 yards receiving on the season. I mean, he's not just outperforming other rookies. He's outperforming, you know, a lot uh, of good receivers in the NFL. And it does look like him and Joe Burrow are going to have something very special. He's 21 years old. Yep. Uh, he is second in the league right now with 754 yards and fourth with six receiving touchdowns. So absolutely balling out. And he leads the league uh, in yards per catch, 21.5 yards per catch. Absolutely killing it for the Bengals. Yeah, and my guy who I had for the rookie uh, was Kyle Pitts. I mean, this is a guy who just came in and dominated this past week. And, you know, I know we just mentioned Jamar Chase, but like him and Joe Burrow, we know the connection. I've already talked about it. But Kyle Pitts is really kind of coming to his own over the last three weeks of the season. He had seven receptions, over 150 yards, 163 to be exact. And he's averaging 23 yards a, uh, a catch, which is tremendous for a rookie. And I know we're giving major props to Jamar Chase, but like Kyle Pitts was another guy that everyone questioned, like, should he be drafted this high? Mm-hmm. You know, how is he doing? And then the year starts. It's like, eh, he's not really doing much. What's going on? And now he's kind of getting settled into the offense. Matt Ryan's really trusting him. And whether he's a tight end, he's a receiver, this dude's just a playmaker. And you love to see it if you're a Falcons fan, especially after moving on from Julio, and he's not really doing much in Tennessee. And so you transition from Julio to Kyle Pitts. I'm not trying to compare them exactly, but it's a nice kind of transition there in terms of receiver and playmakers. Yeah, and I wasn't Kyle Pitts' biggest fan coming out of the draft because I worried about – how certain teams would use him. And if you try to just plug him in there as an inline tight end, I didn't think it was going to work. Yeah. And the Falcons, I think, have done a very good job of, like, really, I, I know we talked about it through the draft, too. Like, do we really, are we calling him a tight end? He plays so much on the outside and in the slot, but it doesn't matter. He's getting open, and I I really like him. He's another guy that I have on my fantasy team. Yeah. I want to pat myself on the back here. I did such a good job drafting this year that I've had to do, like no trades, no roster shakeups at all. I really like I. I must I, be in. That's a nice humble brag you got. I hit it out of the park. It's There's, not even a humble brag. It is just straight bragging. <laughs> Guys like Cooper Cup, I nabbed him late and was like, I think he could be good. He's fantastic. <laughs> Kyle Pitts at tight end, he's been great. Uh, this weekend on one of my fantasy teams, I scored over two hundred points. Jesus. Because I, I have Cooper Cup, Who's Alvin Kamara, uh, um, Matt Stafford. Oh, this is our league. That yeah, it was actually in a different league. But I like those are certain guys <laughs> that I had targeted. Yeah, and they just all went off for me. And I had another guy on my bench even that went off. So I could have like flirted with two fifty. Yeah, but it was right there around two hundred because you know, dude's just going off. So look at me go. Yeah, taking you. fantasy football serious has been fun. I've only done it for a year and a half now. Yeah. But it's been fun. And you've won a league, and now you're winning again. Now I'm 5-1. and one. In one of my leagues, I had to start like a fantasy football <laughs> podcast or like do a segment each week. I was going to say what? Okay. Actually, <laughs> I have zero week-to-week knowledge. We yeah, were talking so to our guy, the- Mark Etter, yesterday. He's like every week, he's like, oh, I'm dropping this guy, trading this guy, looking for him. For me, it's all draft. My team, my team's already set. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah. even got to worry about it. Set it and forget it. Just like a infomercial. In my league with my buddies from college, like it was probably the best draft that I had. Like in terms of the players that I have on the team, and it stinks. Like I got Kyler Murray at quarterback. I got Zeke at running back. I got Saquon Barkley at running back. So like player names, you're like, man, okay, this guy. Like how in the world did he do that? Well, when you look at it, Zeke's on a bye week. Saquon can't stay healthy, and Kyler Murray's doing everything yeah. by himself. And I got nothing else going on. I am a one in five in that league. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. But that's the that's beauty of fantasy football is that you think you can have a solid team and you don't. Looks good on paper. Yep. Type situation, which is, I mean, really, it's like the NFL, too. Uh, I know that we talk about the differences in those two sometimes, but uh, sometimes something looks good on paper and it's just not working for you in the real world. Yep. Uh, but that happens in fantasy sports, too. Uh, last guy, my defensive player of the week, I am going with Deion Jones, had like 15 tackles and a sack. Uh, I think that he has been a fantastic linebacker for, I mean, really his entire career, but has a great week. And I know there were probably some other guys, but I'm going to take Deion Jones, the Falcons linebacker, in a 30-28 to 28 win over Miami. Uh, not great teams, but had a great performance. Yeah, and I went with Nick Bolton, the rookie linebacker from Kansas City. And the main reason I picked him is, well, because, one, he has the 15 total tackles, similar to Dion. He just didn't get the interception or anything like that. 
But it's the fact that this guy has taken or has received a lot of slack from, like, the fan base of Kansas City. It's like, man, you know, he's not a good pass coverage linebacker. Like, no, duh, we already knew that. This guy is the one that's going to replace Anthony Hitchens moving forward and being a run-stuffing linebacker. I feel like he's done an exceptional job. Andy's fast. He wasn't scared to tackle um, Derrick Henry. There was no business decision there except of I am going to make this tackle. And it's nice to see that from a rookie who's six games into the season, and he's only going to be getting better from here. So I, that's why I have him as my defensive player of the week. Yeah, I, I like Nick Bolton too, and I've been pretty impressed with him too. But he has been uh, kind of getting shitted on mm-hmm. by a lot of Chiefs fans. When I think that he's the young linebacker that's playing well. Yeah, and I mean, like a lot of people are like, "Oh my God, Willie Gay, Willie Gay." And this was Nick his... Bolton is doing exactly what you need Willie Gay to be doing. Now they're kind of different, and I understand a lot of people want him back in pass coverage. If the Chiefs drafted Nick Bolton to be a coverage linebacker, then they're fucking stupid. Yeah, because they should have turned on the zoo tape and been like, "Okay, we need this guy to help us stop the run." And that's what I, I mean. That's what he's always been. He's been good at it so far. I mean, he's starting. He's playing a lot of reps. I've been impressed with Nick Bolton since game one of mm-hmm. him being a chief. All right, let's get into some of our sponsors here with Gunspot.com. Be sure to visit that site for anything you need in terms of guns, ammo, accessories. They have no reserved auctions. There's constantly great stuff on the website. So, again, be sure to go check it out at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. And also, Miners and Monroe dot com use code mic up 10 and just as a little reminder for our local listeners we will be doing a tailgate with them on november 6th at Pitt state uh, we're gonna have free hot dogs out there free drinks for people come hang out matt will be with us from the draft scout as well uh, we'll just be hanging out talking football having some drinks eating some hot dogs it should be a beautiful beautiful little day uh i am I'm very excited about this time of year for so many different reasons. Uh-huh. Uh, weather is another one of those. It's flannel season. I have myself a flannel and a cardigan uh, from Miners and Monroe that I got recently that I absolutely love. One of the most comfortable flannels that I've ever worn and also was able to wear it out. And it's not like too heavy, which is, I think, key for guys like me who I, I'm an easy sweater. Yeah. If I get to move in a little bit especially on a Nashville dance floor. Waterfall. Gonna start sweating, but go check them out. Minersandmonroe.com. Use code up 10 Save 10% off. Uh, I thought we were done talking about this topic yesterday, but it just keeps coming up, and I, I think it's probably here for a while. But again, Deshaun Watson and the, the Texans trying to make a deal with him uh, to send him to Miami. I know there was speculation yesterday that maybe the Panthers could get in on it. And I even said yesterday, I thought this was, you know, members of the media being used to ramp up the asking price or get other teams interested. But the Panthers did come out this morning and pretty much killed all that and said that they were not interested in making a trade for Deshaun Watson. And with the trade deadline, I mean, it's we're a week away. It's yeah. November 2nd is the trade deadline. I just don't know how anything can be settled with Deshaun Watson. Again, just what I said yesterday about this whole thing. Oh, I mean, absolutely. And the thing is, with them saying that they have a, a deal in place, but the NFL is going to wait on the legal system, mm-hmm. like, it makes sense. It's, it is smart by the NFL instead of getting in the way and just kind of r- disrupting things. But if you are the Panthers, or excuse me, not the Panthers, if you are the Texans and you do have a place, a trade-in deal, or, God dang it, a trade-in place with the Miami Dolphins, why not just do it and have it as be like – Well, I think – it's the holdup is not on the Texans end. The holdup is on yeah. the Dolphins. But end. like, why don't the Dolphins just make the trade in terms of like, okay, hey, if he plays and he's fine, mm-hmm. you keep the picks. If not, and he gets in trouble, we get those picks back. Yeah, because it it's like you're not going to be able to use them. You know, like I don't understand why that's not just the game plan here. Then yeah, uh, making it very conditional. Uh, you see it in the NFL, even like the Carson Wentz one that mm-hmm. everybody's monitoring. Uh, are the Colts really going to give up a first-round pick? Because, I mean, it is, it's is—it's a high first-round pick, but it, it keeps dropping a little bit as they win. Are they going to do that? It, you can. You can make it conditional. I i don't know that maybe you could try to make it conditional and like, hey, we'll give you these you know, two first-round picks, a second-round pick. But it's conditional on if he ever plays for us. Yeah. And, which might make things a little bit difficult because maybe you couldn't tie in 
like the 2022 NFL draft. Like, I don't know if everything will be settled by then. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think they they can either. Or if it is like, hey, if we use these 2022 picks and you get to make picks off of them and it's not settled and then he's kicked off, you give us those picks back for the next draft. Yeah, I, I think that we're going to have to see a situation where it's like, okay, here's a 2023 first, 2024 first, and then you know maybe even you know, a 2022 second or something like that that's not conditional. Mm-hmm. That's just like, yeah, you're giving us that pick. Yeah. But there there's so many different situations that they could work out. And there were reports, I think it might have been Rappaport, that was tweeting that the Dolphins and the Texans do have a deal in place, but they want things settled with either the NFL or the legal system before they make that official. That's just not going to happen this season. Yeah, I mean, right. if you the NFL comes out and says, well, we're not going to put him on the commissioner's list. I mean, mm-hmm. Roger Goodell said that himself. Like, yep. he's not going to be put on that. So, if you're the Dolphins and you hear that, it's like, well, we get him at least the rest of the season. That gives us an opportunity to kind of win out maybe the rest of our games right. and make us play a little – or be a little bit more competitive this season. But then it kind of comes down to what about Tua? Because Tua didn't play bad this last week. Right. I mean, he's and been he's beneficial been on third down. Well. Yeah. Uh, if we're recording this Thursday morning. I actually just – uh, retweeted, uh, who was it? I was trying to find it. Uh, PFF, and they do their grades. And I like honestly, I don't know what. I don't know if I ever believe them or what's yeah. good and what's bad. Uh, but they did put out since Tua returned from his injury, uh, he has an 89 PFF grade, which is fourth. A, a 620 passing yards, which is third. I'm guessing this is among active quarterbacks, and a completion percentage of nearly 75, which is also good for third. And with Tua. Everybody, myself included, really comped him to Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees kind of struggled, struggled to stay healthy early on in San Diego, and then he got moved to the Saints and got healthy, got his body right, and went on to be a Hall of Famer. I could see that storyline happening with Tua. I could see him following right along where they move on from him, uh, where he wasn't very good. I mean, remember, this is year two for him. Mm-hmm. This isn't a guy that's been in the league for like four years. Only in year two, but I could see a situation where they move on from him and he goes somewhere else and is very good. But it is. It's going to be crazy to see. I, I think that the, maybe the Dolphins would want to try to trade Tua and then immediately make that Deshaun Watson trade. Uh, that was something that was reported last week, that there's another trade like contingent on the Deshaun Watson thing. And I do think that that's probably moving on from Tua. Uh, I don't know what teams are interested there and where he would go, but – Maybe he does get moved. Maybe we see Deshaun Watson traded. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, the NFL, they, like you said, Roger Goodell came out yesterday with the team meetings and said they are not going to put Deshaun Watson on the commissioner's list. They don't have enough evidence. And they're not you know, going to the police and trying to get that information, or maybe they have and they can't get it. But there's just – it's all he said, she said. Yeah. We don't know. And there's 22 accusers. That's not going to get settled in the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even if uh, the Dolphins go to Deshaun Watson and say, hey, if we can get this settled out of court, we're going to pull the trigger. We're going to make this trade. That's not going to happen in the next five, six days. Yeah, You're not going to settle with 22 people out of court. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but that's just – it's not going to happen. So I, I keep going back to the whole we're not going to see Deshaun Watson traded. Not this offseason, or not this season. Yeah. Maybe when we get to the offseason, we'll see something happen with that. I think that's more realistic. But I, I just can't see a situation where all this stuff is getting settled and figured out in the next couple of days. Yeah. I mean, what, we've been like actively talking about it for the last two weeks, and nothing has really changed. No, watch. Our luck, we're going to end this podcast and be like, breaking news, Deshaun Watson's been traded, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I so let's say I'm let's say this does let's just say this does happen hypothetically that the Texans and Dolphins officially make the won't. trade <laughs> hypothetically and then the Dolphins trade to it. Does it go between the three teams? Does it go Washington, Carolina, or and I, mean, I shouldn't say Carolina because they're still going to stick with Sam Darnold at least yeah, this year, I, maybe I think next. So too. But at least Washington or Denver. Yeah, I I think those are the two teams, and even with Denver, like they keep sticking with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. They've had opportunities to go to Drew Locke, and they haven't. So even, like, I think they're holding out for either a run at Deshaun Watson next year or Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. or just, you know, figuring out what to do with Teddy Bridgewater even. So I don't think they want to bring in another young quarterback. But maybe Washington, being there in the NFC East, maybe, even though they're bad right now, maybe they could make a run 
at the playoffs and try to get in yeah. as a wild card. And if you have Tua, maybe you can catch him up to speed you know, with some of the other players that they have on this offense. So if he's going to get moved in your scenario, I would think it would be the Washington football team. Yeah, I, just, I can't see any other team really. Like you said, even the Panthers, like they're still somewhat committed to Sam Darnold. They said he was the starter. So I don't even know if they would want to make a run at a guy like Tua. Or if they're just saying this is Sam Darnold's year, we're going to figure out if he can be a franchise quarterback. And those are really the only two teams that I think would make a run at Tua. The Seahawks are another interesting team. They mm-hmm. need a quarterback, but are they going to give up a lot to get Tua? When you have Russell Wilson, that will eventually come back, but also maybe once out of Seattle. Yeah. If so you do that, make that, that'd be a sleeper team for to watch. That is a really good point there because, like, let's say, I mean, what would you have to give up for Tua? You're probably not going to have to give up a first, are you? Because he can't stay healthy. No, not a first. So, like, two twos or two yeah. and a three? Uh, a, a two. Really? A three? I mean, his his trade value was pretty low. I know he's been playing okay, but he has been hurt and he hasn't played like well. So I, I think that you could get him for a two, possibly a three. I think it could be like a conditional thing. If he plays this well, it'll be a second round pick. If not, it's a third round pick. But I, I think that maybe some kind of package and you probably, you know, throw in like a fifth rounder or something like yeah. that to go with it. But yeah, I, I would think you could get him for a two. Especially if you're a team like Washington, whose record's not great right now. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Seattle, who has a couple losses as well. But those would be the two teams that I would look at to think, you know, maybe. Or, you know, the Saints are another team. Are they happy with what Jameis is doing? Do they feel confident they can get a franchise quarterback in there eventually? Or maybe bring in a guy like Tua and say, you know, we're going to kick the tires on this for a couple years. <laughs> Drew Brees 2.0 or lefty exactly. Drew Brees. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're not really in a situation. Uh, a situation where they can draft a quarterback because they're never drafting high enough. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton is just too good of a coach. But those are I mean, all NFC teams as well that I would look into. I don't think that there are any other sneaky ones. I don't think that the Lions would make a move for him. Just yeah. I think they're probably just going to, at some point, if Jared Goff's not the answer, they're just going to move on from him. Or maybe they look at Jared Goff and go, man, you got nobody to throw the freaking ball to. Like, hope maybe they're a little bit understanding of that situation. But – a guy that we know is not going anywhere, Mr. Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Dude goes viral yesterday after we ended the podcast. A hilarious interview. Uh-huh. Never say never, but never right. to accepting the USC job. Just I, I love when he gets love fired up. It. I do too. And if you're the it's Pittsburgh also like Steelers scary, players, <laughs> you're just like, that's our coach. He wants to be here. The front mm-hmm. office for Pittsburgh, they got to love it. The ownership's got to love it, of course. And I think it just kind of rejuvenates the city too of like, okay, our coach wants to be here. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of hard to do so when we got a quarterback that should have retired two to three yeah. years ago. And I thought he made a really good point, too, of, you know, you're not asking Sean Payton if he's interested in this job. You're not asking Andy Reid. Why are you asking me? I have one of the best jobs in pro sports. Yeah. Why the hell would I want to go play college football? <laughs> and, you know, there's not a booster with a big enough blank check to get him out of there. It When he says it, like, I believe it. Oh, 100%. I mean, you could tell he was just so pissed off that he was even rumored uh, to take that job. And I don't know if it was a situation where maybe he thought they were like, hey, you're kind of on the hot seat here in Pittsburgh because he's absolutely not. Yeah. I, I think that he's one of the best coaches in all of football. A wonderful, wonderful coach. And that, that team is just not good this year. Ben Roethlisberger is trash. Absolutely. And they should have moved on from him. I know their hands were kind of tied with his contract, but I'm, they're, they were bad. Yeah. And, I mean, they come in, they they got to buy this next week so we won't see them play. But after that, they come back with Cleveland, Chicago, Detroit, and the Chargers. So you might pick up two wins there. But, like, playing Cleveland, I mean, you're, they're lucky they get a beat-up Cleveland team. Yeah, very like, beat-up Cleveland I team I mean, right we'll now. see if the tackles get to play, you know, <laughs> Chubb, <backs>. Hunt, <laughs> Baker. Like, it's just, it's tough right now for Cleveland. Yeah, and also sticking with a uh, little NFL news is the Washington football team also always in the news and what's going on. And this is just a weird situation. They they had some meetings yesterday, and Roger Goodell said that they will not be releasing any more details or emails about the Washington football team. And the more that like we talk about this and kind of figure out these small little details and the more that's said about it, it like the more I realize – John Gruden was just thrown out there, just completely thrown under the bus of like, hey, here's your casualty. You got somebody fired, but it wasn't an owner. 
and the fact that there are no emails talking about what they did, like what Dan Snyder did. And Roger Goodell yesterday even said that like he thought that he had uh, paid his dues or whatever, that he had been penalized enough. That Snyder has? Yeah. Because right now he's not actively uh, in charge of the team. His wife is. His co-CEO has been running the team, uh, air quotes on that one, yeah. for the last eight months. Like, okay, Raj, yeah, I believe that one. And also, the the Washington football team was fined $10 million, but nobody got fired. Yeah. <laughs> John Gruden wasn't fined. He got fired. And, like, the things that you hear coming out of Washington and, like, what the owner was involved with in terms of like the yeah. emails and like sharing pictures. topless pictures of yes, cheerleaders like and that and just you know all the other sexual uh, accusations that came from it with the, your other front office members that retired or resigned last year it all goes it all starts at the top like if you're running this team and this franchise why are you allowing this why are you involved with it and then other nfl owners how do you allow this guy to stay yeah, it's a fraternity I mean, they're, I think they're probably protecting each other. Uh, I think if we really looked into all those emails, we'd probably figure out pretty quickly that there are probably 32 shitty owners in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, maybe I would say at least at a minimum, I'd put it at like 18. And there are 18 owners that probably just need to not, not have a job anymore yeah. in the NFL. Like that are using similar language to guys like John Gruden. Yeah. And I mean, he was emailing. I mean, that's probably what they used to describe. Like, oh, this is a football guy. This uh-huh. is a guy that we like. He's yep. one of us, but he's a coach. Right. So I, it's just so shady. And, you know, even people showed up yesterday kind of protesting, wanting more details of it. I understand uh, from the NFL perspective of not just like saying, all right, here's every email. You guys can go through them and figure it out all you want. Here's everything that we've got. But the fact that you fired one guy. Mm-hmm. And it was clearly not one guy. And I don't know that everybody like needs to fire him. We don't need to have like an auction of NFL teams and get yeah. all, you know, like 14 teams up for sale. But I think there probably is needs to be more more details released of like, all right, this guy's scumbag. Of like who these guys really are. Yeah, exactly. Like this guy's a piece of shit. Uh-huh. This is a good guy. This guy was just in, yeah. tagged in the email, didn't do anything. Or even the fact that the Washington football team is the only one that have been has been fined. Mm-hmm. for it and now the investigation was supposed to target them and look at inappropriate workplace behavior they clearly found something yeah and we've heard a lot of details about it so far but i don't i don't think this story is over no i hope we get like a, a huge documentary over it in like the next five years yeah i mean this is I, I think that the government will get involved too i know they've already kind of have but it mm-hmm. will be interesting to see what happens with it i like dan snyder with him you're just delaying the inevitable yeah. Eventually, he's going to have to sell that team, whether it comes from you know sponsors not being happy with him, fans not being happy with him. Eventually, that dude's going to have to sell the Washington football team. And let's mention our great sponsors before we move on. Club Six O Nine, right here, and the great Joplin, Missouri, a little hidden gem. Joplin, yes, sir. I love it here. Actually, it's a good spot to not be. Not a lot of people talk about it. It's always like, oh yeah, I'm in Joplin. I actually really like it here. I will not move. I will retire in Joplin, Missouri. <laughs> Unless my daughters go to school at the University of Texas like they want to, then maybe I could find myself in Austin, Texas. Really? That's what it would take? I would probably follow them wherever they go. (laughs) There are so many parents. Again, go visit Club 609. They're fantastic. They're like parents to me. There are so many parents that want to get their kids out of the house, and they're like, I can't wait till you turn 18. Not me. I am not one of them. (laughs) I am am attached. I'm going. If they move, I'm moving with them. They go to Nashville. Yeah, I'm going to Nashville. I would. Uh, but I, uh, they got to stay together. Yeah. <laughs> but I, <laughs> anyway, that was a weird tangent. I, if they they move, I'm I'm gone. But what I if love one, Joplin. What if one moves to Austin and one moves to Nashville? I gotta find what's in the middle, Fayetteville. <laughs> 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 See you in Northwest Arkansas. <laughs> That's me. That, honestly, that might be that might be fantastic for me. Just yeah. Get to travel to two of my favorite cities. We'll see though. They like you here too. You start putting in their minds now. Like, hey, you're going to Vanderbilt. You're going to Austin. <laughs> there you go. They are pretty smart. Yeah. I don't know about Vanderbilt and Texas, though. Damn. Um, that's smart. <laughs> They're smart. they still dumb. I'm realistic. <laughs> uh, because I will tell you, I bet there are a lot of parents out there that, like, we just had parent-teacher conferences for my daughters, and they score in the advanced categories. Like, Very I'll, nice. I'll brag about them. They're yeah. in, like, the, 
90 percentile for almost everything math reading height (laughs) they're knocking it out of the park but as a former teacher i know you get about five of those kids in every single class Mm -hmm. parents don't know that they think oh my god you're in the 90th percentile you are a genius that's not true (laughs) that's not they are smart that's that's they're good Mm -hmm. that they're not special though i will tell you that parents your kids scoring high and you think they're special they're not they're just they're doing good so what makes a kid special then? Like, uh, how are you in the 90th percentile, but you're not special? I don't know. You can just see the difference. Kids that process things quicker. Gotcha. Like, they might still score like a 90 on their standardized testing, but standardized testing doesn't tell the whole story. Yeah. So it's like you can see like when they're working in a group project. It's like, okay, not only are you smart, you're the leader, you're keeping everything organized. You, I could pick out the kids from a fifth grade teacher of like, all right, you are gifted. Yeah. You are smart, and your parents are very happy with you, and they should be, but you're probably just going to go on to live an average life. <laughs> you might be a rocket scientist. <laughs> you are going to run your successful own business, and that's cool. You can see that as a fifth grader. Uh, I think so. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I I got out early, but I yeah. there are so many kids that I had in fifth grade that I could tell, like, okay, you're smart, but mommy and daddy think you're special. Yeah. You're a good kid, but there's this other kid down the hall Who's going to like cure cancer? <laughs> That's not you though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're great. Mommy and daddy should be proud. Let's just be a little bit more realistic with our future uh-huh. goals here. But uh Sorry, my girls are smart. They're not curing cancer. That's fine. I think they'll be successful. Yeah. If there was an average person that could cure cancer, I think we'd already cure it. I honestly think there might already be a cure, but that's my own theory there. But uh, anyway. Do you think there's too much standardized testing in school these days? I do. I hate it. I hear other teachers, I shouldn't say complain, but just discuss it all the time. It's like, how many fucking standardized testing do we need? Like, yeah. we're two weeks into school and there's a test. Right. What, like every student here? Like, oh, what's the student's memory? His classmates? Like, school's gotten teaching, so dumb. Every month there's a, a standard test. Not like the state testing, but there's a standard test. Like the map they testing got, at the end of the year? You no, know, different from that. So not on, not on that level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a standard test that they like got from a different company to say like, okay, this is where you can monitor where your students are against every other kid in the school and the state and, and so on. And we did that every month for math and um, English. Every month? Once a month, every month you would do that. And then obviously the big state testing at the end of the year, which uh, a lot of schools get their funding based off of how they do. And it's kind of a judge of like how successful you are. Man, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, the teachers would always stress, like, hey, these are super important. Mm-hmm. They give you all the details over it. And then my ass was like, A, B, C, D. Yo, A, B, C, D. Like, Fuck this. <laughs> I'm done. I'm clocked out. I'm checking out. Like, how how are you going to put the pressure on, like, a fifth and sixth grader? Like, this is how much money our school can mm-hmm. get and how smart you are. I'll tell you what. I don't want to sit here for three fucking hours. Yeah. sucking on mints and, it's just, and dealing yeah. with number two broken pencils and I can't talk to my friends because I don't understand stress. what Andrea's doing in the fucking circus uh-huh. on the English portion. Right. The stories were so, some of the stories were actually pretty cool and I still remember them to this day but there's other ones were like, that's stupid. Uh-huh. Or the science portion, by the time I got to the end, it was the same thing on the ACT testing. By the time I got to that fourth hour, Fuck it. C, 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 C. I'm already uh-huh. in school. I'm already accepted. I yeah. don't care. I feel confident that I hit my 21. Yeah. I haven't picked D in a minute. D. Uh-huh. <laughs> Making patterns and shit. Yeah. I got also, as a teacher, I used to do that. Or I just really mess with kids. One time I made a test. Every answer on the test was C. <laughs> The look that is what I would do as a teacher. That I would have so much fun. I would sit in the front of the class and just watch them. Like, uh-huh. mm, they, you're right. It's all C. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're starting to sweat like, oh, my God, I'm failing. I'm terrible. <laughs> and then they'd get it back. And be like, Every answer was C. You really did that to us? <laughs> or I'd make patterns. And I would be like, oh, I haven't chose B in a while. <laughs> this one, the answer is B. Uh, or C, I'd, you got an A. <laughs> at the end of the year, I'd always put out a test. And it was like three or four pages of just really hard math questions. Not even like on grade level math questions. They're doing like sixth grade work in fifth grade. And it was a huge packet. And one of the last questions on the test was you don't have to answer like any of these questions. 
so many kids would just finish it and just go through the whole thing. Like that's the hardest test I've ever taken. Or it was in the directions. Like uh-huh. the, uh, the actual directions were like, you don't have to answer anything on this test. Oh yeah. Just put your name on, on it and turn it in. And I've only had one kid ever like immediately see that, read the directions and turn it in. <laughs> that kid's going to be a rocket scientist. <laughs> Other kids, you're just, you're special. <laughs> anyway, ad reads. Uh, we appreciate the folks at Club 609 for sponsoring this show. Go visit them because they are special and they have a great special for you. Two for one drink specials for their happy hour from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock at Club 609. Yep. Next up, Downtown Lube. Be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com. They specialize in tires and lube, but they're more than that. As Mark Edder and the guys pride themselves on getting you in and out on the same business day. Very quick turnarounds in terms of oil changes. I think we went and visited Mark yesterday and we saw like three people get their oil changed by the time we had left. That's how quickly they move. They don't mess around, but for the full list of services, be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com. And change the brake light. Yeah. I, I saw him doing that, and I had to do that on a truck one time. And I don't have big hands, but I don't have, like, I can change a brake light hands <laughs> on the vehicle that I had. It's yeah. like I'm supposed to put my hand in that spot and twist this little light bulb out. Yeah. This is not happening for me. So watching <laughs> them do that yesterday gave me memories of, like, oh, my God, my little S10 that I used to have. <laughs> I had to change out a brake light. It was absolutely terrible. So go check them out as well at downtown loop and to end the show today we're going to get into uh, teams that we know that are good and teams that we know are bad we are really starting to figure out the nfl season and i feel pretty confident in saying some of these teams are in fact good and some of them are bad and the notable team that i'll tell you i'm going to leave off my list is the arizona cardinals i'm not 100 sure that they're a good football team yet but i am 100 sure that the buffalo bills are a good football team. I think they're going to make a deep run into the playoffs, and that's if they don't get a high seeding uh, right there off the bat. But the Buffalo Bills, my first team, and I know that they're on your list as well, but for me, that one's just a no-brainer. I think they're playing exceptional football. They can beat you in a lot of different ways. Offense is very good. Defense is very good. So for me, my first team that I know 100% certain is good is going to be the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, and for me, I actually did put the Arizona Cardinals, a team that you left off. And the reason that I put them there is because guys are stepping up, and now they just added Zach Ertz to this as well. And he had a tremendous first game playing for them. Like, A.J. Green's playing really good. DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, we know he's just unstoppable. But it's one of these deals where the Cardinals, where Kyler Murray hasn't fallen off. And whether Cliff Kingsbury is calling plays or isn't, these guys are winning football games, and yes, they're undefeated right now, but it's still very impressive to see how well they're doing. But I also understand your point, Mel, on like, are they good or not? Because we kind of saw the you know Pittsburgh Steelers last year being undefeated at a certain point in the year, that 11-0, right. and then they just fell off of a cliff because they weren't really playing anybody that good. When I look at the Cardinals, though, they've had some close games, and they have had to compete you know, and play all the way down to the wire, and then they've come out victorious. So that's why I actually do have them, and I think they will be good. I don't know if they make it all the way to the Super Bowl if teams have them figured out at that point because other teams are still kind of getting everything in line. The Cardinals were just able to do it earlier throughout the season. And you also had the Bills on your yep your list too. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue the fact that they, they shouldn't be up there. I mean, Josh Allen's playing absolutely phenomenal right now. I know they just got smacked by the Titans. I shouldn't even say smacked, excuse me. They got beat by the Titans. It was the Chiefs that got <laughs> absolutely smacked. Yeah, but the, the Bills, you know, they just lost to the Titans on a close one as well in Tennessee, but I mean, it's still a good football team. The defense right. is able to get turnovers and score off of them as well. That offensive line is playing really good too. So the Bills are just rolling hot. Yeah, I, I think so too. And like, you're going to lose some games. Yeah. But when you look at the way that they lost against the Titans, it's hard to even count that one. Yeah, it's a fourth them. and a one and you slip. Like, yeah. It's just a, and you played very well, but you, I mean, a loss is a loss. I get it. But you can look at that team and say, okay, they're also, they're very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another team, my next team here, going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that they might just run away. They're, they will definitely run away with the NFC South. No one yeah. will even compete with them. I think that because of that, they're going to be you know a top seed, top one, top two team in the league. And with Tom Brady, uh, he's been playing outstanding. I know we always talk about his career and what he's doing. He leads the league in passing yards right now. And that was another guy that I kind of predicted would have a, an even bigger jump in year two with Bruce Arians. But you know, last year, uh, we talked about it all the time. We saw them struggle, mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where it didn't look good at times. They got their ass kicked by the Saints at times. And we're not seeing that this year. They yeah. they look like they are really clicking 
And it's kind of surprising that we're not talking about them more. I mean, this is the defending Super Bowl champs, and they look very good, and Tom Brady still looks very good. Oh, I mean, Tom Brady's just – I hope Father Time catches up with him, but Tom Brady, I guess, that's the one thing he's really fast at is being able to stay away from them. But, like, Antonio Brown, he's not even playing right now, and that's another huge factor of this offense. The defense, I wonder how they're going to react to Tom Brady saying, you know, defenders' defenses are just like dogs chasing cars. I wonder how, you know, they respond to that. Maybe it's just a, a laughing – something they can laugh about in the locker room. I don't think I heard that. Oh, he said it on the Manny cast. He said defenses are just like dogs chasing cars because oh. they just got they're running after everything. Which I mean is, is a true statement, okay. a different kind of way to mention it, and compare it, but it's yeah. whatever. It makes sense. But the other team that I had on my list here is the Green Bay Packers. I mean, you mentioned the Bucks. That's awesome. But the Packers are another team in the NFC who are playing really well, and we'll see what they look like tomorrow as they play a big Thursday night matchup against Arizona, the team that I mentioned first. But they're going to be doing it without two receivers, you know, Alan Lazard or, you know, one of the best receivers in the NFL, Devontae Adams. And that's going to be a tough matchup, but we'll see how everyone else can step up. We'll see how that defense plays. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, this is another guy who's playing really well. He just hasn't slowed down at all for him getting up in age, and we'll see if he decides to stay in Green Bay next year or what they transition to. But let's not get that far ahead because Green Bay's. I mean, they're rolling right now, six straight wins. Yeah, we're going to figure out, or five find straight out wins. a lot about them, like you said, on Thursday night. Aaron Rodgers without those receivers, but also going up against the Arizona Cardinals. I'm excited about that one because obviously I have not been a big supporter or I haven't been a supporter of Cliff Kingsbury. And I think the Packers are going to remind uh, the Cardinals that they're not a good team. I, I did leave off the Cardinals. I'm not I'm not convinced yet. You're, no. you're going to have to sell me a little bit more. Like you mentioned, last year at this time, everybody was looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And – was it last year we were looking at the Steelers and calling them a historically great defense? No, it was the Patriots. The yeah, Patriots yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when everybody was like, oh, my God, they're giving up like 10 points a game. They get after the quarterback. They have Stephon Gilmore. He's outstanding. And it turns out they just hadn't played anyone. Yeah. Because you know, they even, played Kansas City, and I think they put on like 35-1. and one. Yeah. yeah, and then even, you know, last year, like you said, with the Steelers, they were like 11-0. and 0. We were talking about how great they were. And then reality hit that, like, okay, they'd beat some good teams, but then they couldn't withstand that success. It got to them, and then they weren't good. And I I expect that to happen with the Cardinals, where there's a little bit of a regression, and they start dropping a couple of these games. And I think the first one will come on Thursday night against the Packers. Even without Devontae Adams, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is still a very good quarterback, and he is he's another one of those teams on my list. I do think the Packers are good. I don't know if they're winning the Super Bowl good. Yeah, I think they're okay. making it to the <laughs> NFC Championship game good. Uh, and my other teams, uh, I have a couple. The Rams are a team that I am very convinced that's a good football team. I, I got to give a little credit to Sean McVay. He's another guy that I've been a little hard on and saying, like, he couldn't adjust and things like that and seeing a, you know how special this team really was. And he's done a good job because they've taken the next step. The uh, defense is still playing pretty well, and he's also getting the most out of a guy like Matt Stafford. So I uh, got to give him a little bit of credit. I'm very convinced also that the Rams are good. Yeah, and that's I'm kind of frustrated with myself that I didn't make room for them on my list. I don't know who I should take off to to replace them. You know, maybe it would be the Packers or whatnot. But the Rams, they're just it's fun to watch them play football. Mm-hmm. And like defensively, they're they're def- they're they're sound there. They're really good offense. It's they're explosive. But the team that I picked, you know, another explosive offense is the Dallas Cowboys. That's the last team I have here. The teams we know are very good. That defense has stepped up. Dan Quinn has done a phenomenal job just in year one to come in and completely transform everything and have them being competitive on that side of the ball. And then you look at offense, they're staying healthy in some ways, but it's still good to watch them to play. Zeke's getting involved. You know, we know Pollard has had some explosive plays as well. CeeDee Lamb has become unstoppable. It's it's fun to look at the Cowboys and go, hey, these guys might actually have a chance to make it to the NFC Championship game. Yeah. I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's a Cowboys fan, he was talking some shit to me about the Chiefs. And I I even told him, I can't really even talk shit to you about the Cowboys because I do kind of like the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. I'm not a Cowboys hater. I've got some other friends that are Cowboys fans too. I almost want to see Jerry Jones win another Super Bowl. I want to see Dak like be good and play a whole Mm -hmm. season because, I mean, he took a lot of slack after getting that contract. Like, he can't beat good teams. Look what the Cowboys are doing right now. Yeah, so I'm kind of with you. I'm not – they didn't make my list uh, on my top five teams that I know are good, but they're right there on the cusp of like, all right, I'm starting to buy in. But I also worry about like maybe you've beat up some some bad football teams. Yeah. But even like their one loss, 
to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. And they did everything they could to win that game. You were just playing Tom Brady. Like, yeah. if you're playing the other 30 teams that are available, the Cowboys probably win that game because not many other quarterbacks are going to lead a drive this season with, like, what was it, 40 seconds left, 50 seconds mm-hmm. left, and win the game. But my last team that I am convinced is good is the Baltimore Ravens. The fact that they continue to find ways to win any of these games, being as beat up as they are, I think once they get healthy – get some of these other receivers on the field, uh, figure out what's going on with their offensive line. You're not getting Ronnie Stanley back, but I think that you're getting a a little bit more confident in what's going on. I I think a very hard part of playing an offensive line is figuring out, you know, as a group how you're going to play. And I don't think they've figured it out yet. And that should scare a lot of people in the NFL because I think they can get a lot better and they're going to get healthier eventually. And when they do, I think they are a team to beat in the AFC for sure, but those are our top five teams we know are good. Now, our bottom five teams are all the same. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it's very clear to see who some of these worst teams are. Uh, the Jets, the Texans, the Giants, the Jaguars, the Lions. But you also added a bonus team in New yeah, York. Yeah, a little honorable mention, the Denver Broncos. It's just It's not working out. Like, I don't – Vic Fangio, the front office, how do you look at this team being led by Teddy Bridgewater and go – hey, maybe that other kid we took in the second round like two or three years ago, maybe we should give him another opportunity to see what we can do. Yeah. Because it's just it's not working out for you, and you're looking really bad. You're not playing good whatsoever. In the last couple of weeks, you've gotten smacked. Three and four with four straight losses. Mm -hmm. And that was another team that started 3-0, and and even you and I were saying, like, yeah, let's wait. It's cool that you started 3-0. You might finish 3-14. and Yeah, and people are going to be like, oh, well, you know, you barely lost to Cleveland. Yeah, a Cleveland team that was beat up and had, like, none of their really good players starting. And yeah. they still beat you. Yeah. I, I would also like to see them go to Drew Locke. I, I know that we've talked about it a lot. I think we've talked about it on the podcast, too. But just giving him a shot to see. Like, one last year. Yep. Like, even, like, what the Panthers are doing with Sam Darnold. Of like, uh, we are going to figure it out. We're going to give you every opportunity to be successful. And if you can't be successful, see you later. We're yep. going to get a different quarterback in here. But that's what I would do. But I also think that the coaching staff is trying to preserve their jobs because if they are very bad this year, they're going to get fired. And maybe they feel like Teddy Bridgewater is the safer, more conservative quarterback that could maybe you know win them enough games to keep their jobs. But I, I would. If I were ownership, if I were the front office, I would be making a move to Drew Locke and just figure out, okay, can he play in the league? Yeah. Can he be a starter for a good team? Could he be, yeah, like a trade asset in any way, shape, or form? Exactly. Or is he a career backup? Yeah. You know, are we going to re-sign this guy as our backup and keep him here for a long time? That's just not keep, a bad gig either. I just keep getting this weird, like, thought process on, like, Drew Locke's going to somehow end up in Houston and be the Texans quarterback moving forward and, like, be decent. Did you do that on Madden? Nope. <laughs> There's, like, no, none of those t- – I don't know why. I just think Drew Locke and I immediately go to Houston and just think, what could he do there? Because there's, no, there's going to be zero pressure there. Probably. Like, you have nothing to lose if you're the quarterback of the Houston Texans. Well, and the Texans, just being another like, team that we have on our list of yeah. being very bad. I think that one's very obvious, um, again, to go through these. The Jets, the Jets are very bad. They just traded for Joe Flacco. Like, <laughs> did you see those hits on Zach Wilson? How in the world did those did. not get flagged? Uh, well, I saw a couple of them. I saw the one where his knee gets pretty tore up. That did not look good. On By the sideline? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see, I guess, the other ones. It's just late hits. I mean, just up up high. It's like uh, his, Joe Burrow said. I, I saw that quote going around yesterday. It's like, well, now I'm the GOAT. I'm going to get that call. Yeah. And for some reason, that's the way they do it. It's like if you're an established, really good player, the league will make you better because you'll get those calls. Mm-hmm. But if you're a young player who, like, maybe needs, you know, needs a couple things to break your way so you find success, no, sir. <laughs> that is not how it's going to happen. Nope. We're going to make things easier for you when you're good. Yep. If you're James Harden and you flail your arms into the air, you're getting that call. <laughs> if you're a young up-and-coming player and you do that, no call. I don't understand why we do that in sports. It's the same with pitching, though. Yeah. You know, if it's right there on the corner, Greg Maddox, you get the call. Uh, Danny Duffy, you do not get the call. <laughs> Sorry, try again, be more accurate. But we're, we make things easier for our superstars. All right, that's going to be it for us today, though. We thank you for making us part of your Wednesday and sticking around with us. As always, we'll be back tomorrow. You can get mic'd up five days a week 
right here wherever you get your podcast or go subscribe to our I don't know what it's not our brother company the draft scout <laughs> uh, where you can find a lot of great draft content uh, Matt myself Corey writing on there definitely check them out it's usually the podcast that first hits on the draftscout.com and you can have that sent directly to your email inbox and don't forget about our great sponsors Roper Kia Go check out their inventory. If they don't have what you're looking for, they will find it for you. And one of the great things I love about Roper is that they're not going to hassle you like most used car sales. Yep. Uh, I've tried going to other dealers before and been like, okay, you have the truck that I want. Let me come talk to you about it. And I get so annoyed with the bullshit back and forth games of like, how much can you really help me out? How much can you actually take off the price of the car? You don't have to real, uh, deal with that stuff at Roper Kia. So go check them out. And on top of that, if you mention Mike'd Up, they're going to give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. <laughs>